0: Uh, as you know, there's been a lot of cancellations due to the coronavirus, and a lot of shows are getting canceled, but we're not one of them, because we don't fear the coronavirus. We've got something much worse, dangerous levels of sex appeal. This is the PC Perspective Podcast, episode 577, being recorded Thursday, March 5th, 2020. I'm Jim Tannis.
1: I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath.
2: I'm Sebastian Peak. And I'm guest hosting Brett Van Spruenberg.
0: Yes, we've got Brett here. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you've been watching the last year or so, you might remember Brett. He's uh, uh, originally introduced to us through our good friend and former colleague, Alan Malventano. And Brett uh, and his wife, Michelle, were the ones who helped us get our website uh, revamped and brought into the 21st century. And uh, Brett, of course, has been helping us behind the scenes with the uh, web hosting, web development, uh, all the technical stuff that we don't have the skill for. But we're glad you could join us uh we used to record these pretty much regularly on a Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we've been well, we did it last week, and then of course my fault again this week we had to postpone again. But we generally have a show for you at some point most weeks. And uh, if you want to join us live, you want to watch live because we we stream them as we record them live on YouTube and Twitch. You can uh, subscribe to our our live notification newsletter at pcpro.com/slash subscribe. And we use that only to notify you an hour or two before we go live uh, when the stream is going to be or to let you know if there's going to be a delay. And uh, you can always follow those uh, live streams at PCPro.com slash live. We've got the embedded YouTube uh, video right there and chat and also join our Discord community. We've got that going 24-7 and it gets pretty active during the live streams as well. You can uh, find a invite link to the Discord feed in all of the podcast show notes. And those show notes are all listed at PCPro.com slash podcasts. Uh, well, let's uh, let's jump in today. We've got a bunch of stuff uh, we've got to talk about, and we don't want to hey, run you know how, too You long. know how
3: I stayed away from, from getting sick? How's that? Whenever I That's go to the Denver Airport, you mm-hmm. know, they have those, those moving walkways. Well, I just stand at the end, and I put my tongue on the rail thing, and I just get, like, hundreds of mm-hmm. people.
0: Yes.
3: And, I, you know, I don't have to move. I don't have to do anything crazy. Just, you know, it's all delivered to me, and...
0: That's they do sure. the yeah, same thing on us.
1: public transit in Vancouver.
0: That's, and that's, I mean, because they're saying this is so bad because we, you know, it's new. We don't have any immunities to it, and just by probable statistical probability, somebody's going to develop immunity after enough exposure. So, put your tongue on that on that railing.
3: On that rail, I yeah. get a few yeah. strange looks, but you know, every once in a while, somebody's like, "Hey, that's a good idea," and they go to the other one. And
0: yeah, you're going to yeah. live forever. Forever. Oh yeah. You're going to be doing. Yep, this. the handle
1: the drug dog is most interested in. By the way.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's let's jump into the news. So, uh, big news today was that AMD held its uh, financial analyst day, and they've got a website. We'll have the link uh, to this in our show notes. They they kind of put uh, they had a, uh, an in person event. They live streamed uh, parts of it. They had a bunch of presentations from AMD executives. We'll have a link to uh, the presentations and stuff here. We'll also be showing some slides. Uh, from those events, but uh, the the key here is that AMD uh, this was their first financial analyst day since was it 2017? They had one right uh, upon the launch, right before the launch of the first generation Ryzen, and so they kind of used this event as an example of of showing the progress over these few years because you know that that event was really the turnaround for AMD. They went from a uh, a far second place competitor to Intel and 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 Nvidia, uh, but I mean, it, looking at both their CPU and GPU, obviously the CPU has been a stronger play than the GPU, but both have improved significantly in this time. And so they, they went through and kind of looked at how they got to where they are now and gave us a roadmap of uh, where they're planning to go. Some, some of it we knew some of it was clarified for us, uh, but uh, you know, big, big news in front, if I can pull up some of the slides here, um, uh so these are a selection of some of the slides from the uh the event uh the big news was was that uh financially they're looking very very good and the stock amidst this uh huge sell off or volatility in the US markets uh, over the uh the coronavirus uh, amd stock weathered pretty well it, it was up a high of uh, i think as much as 20% uh yesterday uh, amongst a 1000 point loss on the dow uh, and uh, it, it did fall a little bit, but we'll, we'll see more activity, I'm sure, in the markets uh, coming on Friday here.
3: Uh, you but, know, and uh, just a real quick thing, and this is the serious, this is the probably the most interesting thing that she talked about, was they asked her about uh, how how supplies are coming in, and, and, you know, how's the channel looking? And she said that right around mm-hmm. Chinese New Year was the worst, but otherwise they have really no problems. And if you look at, like, Newegg, and Amazon, things that you thought were going to go, I mean, that were starting to look like the prices were going up, now they're hitting back to normal. And so it seems like supply chain is not nearly as affected by coronavirus as we were expecting. I know that that China has kind of lowered some of its emergency levels in a couple of areas. So, I mean, maybe that's a positive thing, but it was interesting to hear AMD say that you know, their 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 supply channels were doing perfectly fine, even even with this coronavirus. Even though they are not talking about financials in view of any other potential uh, issues that coronavirus could do, if it you know like comes back with a passion or makes itself worse, um,
1: mutates whatever. TSMC but, is saying the same thing. Yeah, that's interesting. They're not seeing any impact whatsoever on their supply channels, and well. I was going to say who's their main customer, but that would be like literally everyone in the world right now. But AMD is a good chunk of it.
0: Yeah. And we, I mean, we do know that there have been some statements about uh, supply issues. Like I think Intel, for example, was talking about Tiger Lake uh, availability and, and one of their executives said that their projections were made before the coronavirus was, was fully uh, accounted for. So that could slip. But yeah, as as Josh said, uh, Lisa Su in, in giving her speech has has said that, they they're looking they're looking good in terms of uh at least the rest of this year again assuming no significant uh worsening or changes here.
3: Uh, I wonder looking, how this has affected their laptop rollout. And I'm sorry to, yeah. you know, I know mm-hmm. we get a lot of stuff to cover because, you know, like Lenovo, Dell, others, you try to buy a laptop from them and it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean month and that, a half, that, that
0: is a good point. We we haven't heard anything specific about delays, but with the last few a platform launches for both AMD and Intel it it was it was a slow rollout Intel in the case of having that difficult transition to 10 nanometer and, and getting ice like availability and AMD just in not having enough launch partners in the in the uh market for Ryzen 3000 mobile uh but yeah we'll we'll have to see uh so far we haven't heard anything good or bad uh on that front so we're expecting at some point towards the end of this month to start getting some more details and then having those products at least get into our hands in April. So uh, we'll, we'll see, though. Uh, but looking at uh, AMD's financial performance, uh, they kind of charted you know, their average, uh, uh, what is that, co- uh, compounded annual growth rate, Kager? I believe so. Okay, well, so they're looking from 2015 through 2019 of an uh, average uh, 14%, and looking ahead, they're increasing to 20, 20%, 20% uh, uh, growth rate with a gross margin in excess of 50%. So these are these are real big, uh, important uh, numbers for AMD, and this is what that initial stock market response was based upon: was this this very confident uh, uh, projections, uh, looking at their you know their revenue uh, increasing steadily. Uh, there's also a slide here, and obviously gross margins, uh, another big factor there, uh, which is of course impacted by the chiplet approach, which allows them to maximize production and in, in, in terms of getting products to market. Uh, and of course here the the debt versus cash uh seeing the 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 debt that had that saddled the company uh, not that long ago uh being very quickly paid off and seeing the company grow and and strengthen uh so very very good uh financially for for the company and uh like i said we'll we'll see further response in terms of the company's stock price, although with the markets being so volatile who knows uh but then looking at at product news they they kind of broke it down between desktop, GPU and enterprise with GPU touching both enterprise and consumer uh desktop and they had some slides here uh looking at you know how we knew Ryzen first gen was a good product, it was a real good value product and and uh as you took Zen Zen 1 into the AGDT space it really opened up some new opportunities there. Zen 2 uh was a which is Ryzen 3000 launched last uh, July was very very popular and then they're projecting if if you're watching the video version a significant increase in performance for Zen uh, Zen 3 which will be Ryzen 4000 on the desktop and uh and so they're 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 very aggressive looking at uh performance going um, uh, going further here sorry i'm trying to manage the slides here uh they also laid out uh the roadmap for GPU and CPU You've got uh, Zen two and Zen three. Uh, one thing that they clarified, though, was earlier slides had pointed out that Zen. So Zen Zen two is uh, seven nanometers, uh, which is the big big process advantage for Uh Earlier slides had said Zen three would be seven nanometers plus, and they took that off of these slides. I don't know if uh, you guys noticed that. And they had mentioned that there was some clarification there because they were. Um, They were concerned that there would be confusion that by labeling it seven nanometer plus, it would be uh, TSMC's EUV uh, process, and it's not. So they didn't want to mix that up. So it's going to be. We all
2: know that pluses are lies now. Well, sure. (laughs) Just add add more pluses. That's what that means. I thought it was going to be an evolution, though. It is. It is Uh, going to be an evolution. It's supposed to be. It is not EUV because
3: they they they're a high volume kind of group. And EUV right now is still, I don't think it's high volume. I mean, it's getting, they're doing better with wafers an hour. But, yeah, I don't think that AMD wants to hang their hat on EUV at this point. Uh, but, yeah, its it, I think it is going to be an evolution and an improvement on uh, TSMC 7 nanometer, but it still uses immersion, uh, what, 180 nanometer litho. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah so there there is it is a, a an improvement uh but it's not uh, i think i'm not sure what they were hoping to signify but they they took the plus off is i guess is the the point there but, it, but there is a there is an improvement there and then looking forward to zen 4 uh which is projected to be 5 nanometers so zen 3 they said will hit end of this year um or, or well by the end of this year i think we'll see it before epic uh but within 2020, uh, according to plan, and then 5 nanometers. It's not clear if it's end of 2021 or early 2022, if you're looking at these charts. it's uh, The chart range goes to 2022, but if they're launching Zen 3 at the end of this year and if everything goes well, we, we should expect it in that time frame, end of, end of 2021, early 2022.
3: Um, yeah, I think we're going to see Epic first, uh, just the way... Oh, you will? Okay. I think so. I don't think it's going to be yeah. a desktop. I think that they're going to go... High margin as possible with this new product until they can really get things rolling with it and uh, yeah it's probably gonna you know they they AMD did it kind of backwards with Zen how they usually did it I mean they always did the server version first as they're ramping up production, get the higher margins uh, get better money out of each chip made, and they didn't do that with Zen uh, but they sort of did it with Zen two, but epic was kind of slow in rolling out as compared, but I think that they're probably going to go back and, uh, yeah, Epic's going to get the Zen three before desktop and certainly before mobile. Well, before mobile.
0: I I only, I said that because in their, in their slides, they said in certain areas, they said Zen, um, would be later 2020. I'm sorry. Desktop would be later 2020 and server would be late so I, I assumed late meant after later, but you, you could be right. Uh,
3: I don't assume. know. I don't have any inside information. Yeah. That's just kind of what I was getting from the gist of their conversation.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, so looking at uh, uh, GPUs real quick here, too, they, they kind of talked about where they've gone uh, on desktop GPUs. They had a slide, which was interesting. Uh, Brett noticed it. Uh, it Is, that a little, a little, Is that a blower? Is that a blower? No, it doesn't a, look like
2: It's a like little it. bit more a little bit more green yeah. team look to it yeah
0: so the, uh for the audio listeners that uh, we're, we're talking about a, a slide that had a very uh, uh it was it's covered in shadows but it's a a peak of a rendered gpu design that is uh, clearly new but potentially something that we could see with next generation uh gpus uh, radeon gpus from amd and uh they they talked about the rdna switch you know gcn to rdna uh, how it offered a significant uh, performance uh, gain in terms of performance per per clock and power efficiency and everything. Uh, they 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 highlighted how they're expanding their market. They're in desktop and enthusiast gaming uh, PCs. They're on Macs. You know, Apple uses uh, AMD GPUs exclusively where they where they At offer.
2: Gym. If I could just interject the fact that uh, they actually bragged about the fact that they uh, bring the fastest graphics ever to the Apple Macintosh. I just want to say that that they did brag about that, so but it's don't, true. don't forget that.
0: Yep. It, it is true that there, you know when, when Apple artificially limits availability of web <laughs> drivers, uh, then yes, it is the fastest ever because that's all I, you can use. <laughs> mm-hmm. unless you want to run a uh, what, what, what was the last uh, OS 10 that I, or Mac OS hi Sierra? Is it high Sierra. So if you want to mm-hmm. stick with high Sierra, you can use your Maxwell and Polaris, or not Polaris, um, Pascal GPUs.
2: Pascal. But uh, uh, they, they,
0: they highlighted that. They, and then they obviously uh, ex- are excited about the, the, being, being the, the exclusive GPU for next-gen consoles, uh, the PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X. And uh, they talked then about what's next. Well, we have, we have RDNA, they're going to go to RDNA 2. And and like the Zen 3 Leap, it will stay on 7 nanometers, but with improvements. They're looking at performance per watt improvements. And more more significantly, and this kind of plays into what they had to do if they were going to be in these consoles, is they're going to be introducing hardware accelerated rate tracing, variable rate shading, and other features that, that they thus, thus far are not uh, part of their portfolio. You know, NVIDIA was out of the gate first arguably too early even uh, because of the lack thus far of, of true ray tracing or true you know, titles that can truly take advantage of ray, t- ray tracing. retracing. So uh, we'll see uh, if, if this is the move that finally brings all of that mainstream. Although we have no indication yet on term in terms of performance, we know that there's a big performance hit with RTX on Nvidia side. So we'll see how it works uh, on the AMD side. Although they did say that the Microsoft uh, DirectX ray tracing demo is working internally and, and seems to be going well. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. And then, of course, looking ahead, they're looking at RDNA 3 as we get near 2022, uh, which will then be the, the successor there. And they, didn't, they didn't specify manufacturing node there. They just uh, called it an advanced node. So we'll see where, where that goes.
2: Um, Remember, their slides were 1080 and 1440p as if nobody owned a monitor larger than that. But they did put a marker down on their next gen RDNA 2 saying we're going to be, you know, solid 4K gaming. So mm-hmm. they did say that.
0: And uh, they're looking, uh, here's a slide they gave about um, looking at, at how RDNA gave 50, 50% performance per watt improvement over GCN, and then they're expecting an additional 50% improvement over RDNA for RDNA 2. And uh, yeah, here's a, a slide just highlighting the uh, the uh, ray tracing features that'll be coming. And then they, they did uh, talk, obviously, about uh, data center and uh, the big leap uh, that they took from first to second gen Epic and uh so right now we have epic rome and it's it's everywhere they they just had a a big uh supercomputer win uh announced earlier this week uh, so they're they're in uh i think two out of the 3 exascale uh supercomputers uh now so uh, intel in the other which is surprising a- a- nvidia is not in any exascale system right now i believe so uh, it's it's a a race between amd and intel for those uh, very high performance supercomputers and then they, they gave a, a look going forward for their epic roadmap. You've got the Rome now at 7 nanometers. Again, like the desktop, they're going to go to 7 nanometers, uh, an improved 7 nanometer process. But again, for whatever reason, they took the plus off uh, the slide. And so that will be Zen 3 uh, Milan that Josh was talking about will hit uh, later this year, potentially before desktop. And then looking forward to uh, Genoa Zen 4 at five nanometers, they specified. Then again, at at the twenty twenty end of 2021, early 2022 uh, timeframe. Uh, what, what do you uh, guys the last, think about that?
2: Well, the last thing about GPUs is, is, is I believe they said that uh, the era of repurposed um, uh, enterprise level graphics or compute graphics uh, like the Radeon 7 uh, coming to the desktop is over. They have enough money to split the teams now and they've got uh, dedicated teams in enterprise and dedicated desktop for uh, GPU development. So they CDNA. are pretty serious about it. Yeah. So it's you the you won't see, you won't see you won't see a Radeon Seven type uh, style repurposed uh, enterprise graphics or system you know repurposed to the desktop again.
0: Oh, that's yeah, what they say. Right, and that's uh, what we were, I was just about to talk. I, I put this under the enterprise category. Oh, I sorry. guess I could have yeah, go gone under the GPU category. Way to but, go, Brett. Uh, I know I blew it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but they have
0: uh uh right and so we have rdna for the graphics on the desktop and as as Brett was saying amd announced that they're they're having the cdna uh, architecture which will be enterprise or you know, data center focused cards so we can we don't you know the things you don't need for gaming they can focus on expanding and maximizing performance for enterprise data center uh workloads yeah so no you know no more of those those uh uh not compromised cards what what would you call the radeon 7 uh Compute, hybrid,
2: compute-focused. compute, compute, compute focused. Yeah. Wait, what, compute am I gonna, what am I yeah. going to
0: put in my high-performance Hackintosh now?
2: Well, not a 16-gigabyte compute card anymore. But it's like so HBM.
0: <laughs> it's so good in DaVinci Resolve.
2: But, <laughs> and, uh, and NVIDIA will just call you naughty for trying to mix drivers and cards.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true.
2: Um, 11 gigabytes should be good enough for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bill Gates. Yes, exactly. Thank you.
0: Um, and then, uh, they had another quick slide now that they've established this CDNA architecture going forward. They've, they've, you know, they're planning out for CDNA two, uh, which will, uh, uh, extend to exascale, you know, compatibility. Uh, but uh, I mean, they're they're, they're, they're going to get to exascale already, but this will, this uh, will, uh, enhance that going forward. And again, they didn't specify the node there. They just called it an advanced node. So we'll see, we'll see where they end up, uh, there, but, uh, any other you, thoughts? Did you
3: go over Infinity Fabric three? Oh no, I didn't
0: have way. a slide. On that?
1: Nope. Yeah. Eight way. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so they're they're getting to the true original promise of Infinity Fabric, right, Josh?
3: Yes, and uh, it's really exciting because it's all coherent. So you've got coherent memory in between all the CPUs, which there are hundreds of them, seemingly, and then all of the GPUs. So you have this massive, large shared memory pool that's addressable. And this has been a promise since the the uh heterogeneous computing type folks, and they finally implemented with version three of um uh, <clears throat> Infinity Fabric, and it's fantastic. Uh, I mean NVIDIA's kind of got their own little thing going. Um, what is that called again? There. You're not helping me out. Uh got nothing. Oh. What something 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 anyway anyway? NVD's got kind of oh, the, uh, uh, it seems like uh, this one's a little bit more, uh, you know, the all in one wrapped in a G4 nice bow. <laughs> No, no, stop it. You're a bad, bad person, but anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, they're, they're going to be implementing this on uh, this X scale thing, uh, El Capitan, where each uh, socket will have like eight GPUs attached. Pretty much directly to it through Infinity Fabric, and uh, yeah, I mean they just they, they never talk much about Infinity Fabric. I mean the actual nuts and bolts working of it, but they just say, "Well, we've improved it, and we've added features, and we've done this and that and that and that, and we, we still don't know what the hell." It, I mean, we, we have some basics of what it looks like, but again, uh, this is this is AMD acting like a much larger enterprise company than they have been in a long time and of course infinity fabric uh initially came from c micro who had those ultra dense computer uh servers with you know hundreds of cpus and uh yeah they've just continued to uh to work and v-link you bastards
0: oh okay
3: <laughs> yeah I thank
1: didn't... you bio because it's not really the same thing. my brain though. is too filled with spite to think of it yeah anyway it is
0: um we should probably pause here and let Jeremy hit the hit the beer a little bit harder before we continue. Make sure he can level out. <laughs> it's been a rough week.
3: Um, gotta gotta lubricate those uh, those brain cells. The little malt product.
0: But uh, anyway, so th- so that's uh, you know, th- that's a, a brief overview of the things that uh, AMD announced here at their uh, financial analyst day. Like I said, we'll have a link to their site. They've got uh, full copies of all of the. Uh, slide presentations and links to the uh, the webcast uh, that you can listen to if you want to to hop in there very interesting stuff and and a lot of uh uh positive reaction uh, I know Pat Moorhead, who's you know an analyst that uh really knows his stuff and has worked with you know Ryan in the past uh, back when he was still a journalist uh he was very very cool. high on on AMD so on their their reaction here so keep an eye on that uh, and if you're you know if you're holding AMD or if you're interested in And, you know, investing, it seems like uh, amidst this turmoil, uh, they seem to be uh, doing pretty well.
1: Uh, It was very nice of them to refrain from doing a Nelson laugh uh, pointed at Intel when they started talking about security features of the new processors. Which, again, we link to, we don't need to go into, but uh, is definitely worth mentioning.
3: Yes. Uh, And... When, uh, when it, I'll just go ahead and go because that's what I want to do. Okay, uh, you do that. You know, AMD pushed hard to get Ryzen uh, 3000 series out and the chipsets and all the issues that they had because I think that they really thought that they only had a pretty limited window of opportunity against Intel. That Intel would come kind of raging back with, with an improved 10-nanometer process and all of these products, and it's going to be 2006 all over again. And, uh, you know, they took their bruises, and they eventually got things so that, you know, Ryzen 3000 series, I mean, it, they're consistently performing high levels. Uh, the, the the X570 motherboards seemingly have a lot of the uh, issues ironed out with them. I've run one now for a month, and I'm, I'm ecstatically happy about it. And uh, now with all the bad news from Intel, it's like their window of opportunity has broadened dramatically, but they haven't slowed down. And they still look like they're executing at a pretty high level. And especially with, you know, a next-generation Epic coming out later this year, another Ryzen uh, 4000 series uh, desktop, and then Navi, uh, RDNA DNA too. I mean, it's just the company just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think that there is a lot of excitement in the company that they're doing as well as they are. And, I mean, it really shows. And I think Lisa's a very good CEO and, and, and kind of visionary of what uh, they're trying to do. So uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch in the next couple of years to see how exactly Intel responds, and if AMD is is still able to keep that that accelerator push to the floor, um, and if they don't have any hiccups of their own. So uh, so far things are looking good.
0: Yeah, and and as you said, you know they're they're taking advantage; they're not slowing down, and they really they have to. They really have to because Intel.
3: Yeah, they're making the hay when the sun's shining.
0: Yeah, cue that leaked mm-hmm. image of the piles of cash. I mean, they were they were so uh, far ahead financially, and they have so many other sources of revenue. As we saw, you know, all this bad news, and they still turned into fin- fantastic quarter financially. So, AMD's gotta really take every advantage. They can't afford to slow down. They can't afford to have a hiccup, uh, even if or even if Intel takes, uh, you know, th- as long as they have to to get their act together, but. uh Speaking of Intel, uh, we've got on the mobile side we've got the the, the new laptops coming out. We've got 10th gen uh, Intel uh, 45 watt TDP processors, base TDP, base TDP. I just got to clarify because nobody runs them there. And then we've got the <laughs> new Zen 2 uh, Ryzen 4000 mobile parts coming out, and uh, those are uh, the 40 the top of the line there thus far is the 4800H. And we have some some leaks that came out uh, this week. Uh, the first is the, uh, the the Intel side. Their top end part will be the i nine ten nine eighty HK. And here's a Geekbench uh, leak that. I'm sorry. Not CV. Not CV. Oh, with HK. Oh right, sure. <laughs> um, so they they this is your your eight core sixteen thread part. So it's the same core and thread counts as the the current ninth gen counterparts. Uh but the and it's still the same basic uh, Oops, sorry still the same basic architecture uh but they've uh further refined because Intel continues to to really be stuck on that the uh, 14 nanometers so they've they've really refined it and where is it here? They the big thing here is they peaked according to this leak at five point nearly five point three gigahertz. And again though that's that microsecond turbo jump uh but that's you know pretty much the highest we've ever seen in a mobile form factor like this with at that that uh at that power level. So so that's pretty impressive and that le- that gives it a, a single core Geekbench score of about 6300 and a multi core score of about 32,000. But AMD, you know, that 4800s coming and we've also got some leaks on that courtesy of prolific tweet user uh Appy Sac. He posted some uh 4800 uh scores compared to the uh the 10980 HK, as well as the the step down from that that'll be coming out, the I7 10750H. And you can see here it's uh it's holding its own. Now actually these scores here are a little lower than what we just saw in that previous leak, but on that multi-score core in particular, it's it's neck and neck. It's it's whole, it's it's looking to be very uh, very competitive, which is what we've seen as as AMD has slowly closed that IPC gap. Uh, they're 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 getting they're getting very good at the at matching Intel in the, in the one place that they thus far still led. Uh, so, uh, what do you guys think about that?
2: I, I need to see it, and okay. I need them yeah. to shorten the names. You can buy a Dell with Ubuntu. Sure. Well, you can order one. Well, yeah.
1: I don't know you get it, but you can order one. It's true. And uh,
0: and and so you know. It, as we've seen with last, you know, as is as always the case, uh, this all depends on thermal constraints. What the chassis that these manufacturers put these processors in, the kind of cooling and, and uh, heat and noise tolerances that they choose to enforce. So we'll see, you know, how how these perform in the actual real-world scenarios that, that we have them uh, when they hit the market. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, and we'll see. But the, thus far, the the point, I guess the overall point is, Uh, last year Ryzen, even though it made a very good value play in the lower and middle segments was not the best performer. And this year that looks like it could change. So we'll keep an eye there. Uh, looking at, uh, not the coronavirus, but a different type of, of threat. Uh, Jeremy found for us, uh, some interesting, uh, security vulnerabilities that use, uh, ultrasonic
1: sound waves yeah no it, it's not new i linked to a, a few of the the classic ones that we've had over the past uh but this specific one uh was a recent one that they did uh tests on and they grabbed 17 different devices 13 androids for apples in all but two uh one was a Huawei i think the other was an HTC just by playing ultrasonic sounds that relatively mimic the voice of the person who had trained uh, either the Google Assistant or Siri, they were able to, and as long as you have the voice unlock on your phone, you'd just be walking by. You would never hear anything, but all of a sudden, your phone starts reading out your texts on speaker as loud as possibly. Because essentially what they've done is the phone's got a much wider hearing range than you do. It can hear lower than you. It can hear higher than you. It's especially good at hearing higher than you. So your ears are not picking anything up. It is. Uh, It's totally hearing your voice or at least uh, an upscaled approximation of it because when you get to that point, frequencies become interesting and less difficult to uh, fake. It's just freaking amusing because we have had uh a variety that uh, i i linked through uh that my the one that most people have heard of is the whole thing that went on with the cuban embassy and was that really infrasound and did it actually hurt people and the problem is well you don't know because it's not going to really leave much evidence, so maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But the fun thing is that with the phone, you, you, you kind of know, and it, it happens. Uh, there, there's a variety of ones where you can monitor. Ah, sorry, you can modify a, a song, and to your ears, you might hear a, the slightest little vir- warble in pitch or something on a single instrument. Your Echo, your Siri, your Google Assistant has totally just heard a full command to go out and buy 100,000 bottles of Purex at whatever cost on the Amazon. It's kind of a little bit ridiculous that this is still going on, that they haven't been able to figure out how to limit uh, the frequencies at which they'll accept commands because it's not like most of us can suddenly just start screaming ultrasonically, uh, you know, unless you broke something really important for someone or you're under the age of two, but yeah, it, it's just a new one. Uh, they're working on patching it. Uh, in the meantime, is it really, really a bright idea to have your own voice, unlock your phone that will mitigate it right there.
2: Yeah. Just turn, turn the feature off. Yeah, I feel I need to point out that hand sanitizer is unavailable from Amazon right now.
1: Great. Oh, I bet you that you can convince it to pay a lot of money for that.
2: Yeah, there's always for delivery a in 2023.
1: Salary. Yeah, yeah, three hundred dollars an ounce.
0: <clears throat> All right. So as Jeremy said, uh, just turn that crap off, just to be on the safe side. All right. Uh, next up, we've got uh, the the return of a, a product that was teased quite a while ago. As, as you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, concept products and things first unveiled at trade shows that take forever to hit the market if they ever do. And uh, this is one of them. It's uh, the Sonic Connect. And this was first uh, teased by Seasonic, I think it was Computex 2018. Uh, let's see, uh, Jer- Jeremy wrote that up for us way back then and what this is is it's a pretty pretty interesting concept and pretty pretty useful if it works as well as it as they advertise it's it's a power supply that uh you know it's a standard form factor power supply so you put that into the uh the part of your case where that goes normally and then it's got this this uh bundle of cables that wrap around to a like a hub that fits onto the back side where your cable management is and that's where all of your power supply cables uh to the various components will plug in, and this allows you to not have to bring any power cables into the front visible if you have a case at the window side of side of the case so it's really good for for cleaning up uh cable mess also you know a lot of times if you especially if you' have a big case or if you're having to route things unusually for aesthetic purposes, you might have to get extensions or buy longer cables. Well, because this is all in the back, it does they don't have to go as far, so you might—you can get away with shorter cables just in general. You may not have to, to buy those extensions. Uh, so a, a very interesting uh, piece of uh, hardware. Again, it was teased at Computex, and uh, they've now – it's not for sale as far as I could see just yet, but they've launched the product page on the Seasonic website. And so you can head over there and check out the specs and – the data sheet manual and again, get, you know, there's more pictures, uh, pictures on it. So something to look into It's It's a 750 watt. Uh, let's see. It's an 80 plus gold. I forget the wattage, but it's, you know, it's not there. Yeah. It's, okay. It's 750. It's not, it's not yeah. their top of the line, uh, most efficient, most highest end base power supply, but, uh, Pretty sufficient uh, for most builds, uh, even high-end builds, and it'll give you that oh, nice well, look. Seven hundred
1: and fifty is overkill at this point, almost.
0: Yeah, that's uh well, we haven't seen the power numbers on the next-gen Intel.
1: Well, unless you're on a KS or <laughs> yeah. yeah, an HK. Yeah.
0: But uh yeah, the Seasonic Connect. So uh, again, no no pricing just yet, and I haven't seen it actually hit stores or retailer inventory. But that page went live and uh, Seasonic sent out a note on it to us. So so check it out if you're interested and and keep an eye. We should hopefully be seeing this soon. Uh, Again, assuming that we continue to not have severe interruptions in the global supply chain.
4: They actually Uh, had shown this. I was in a meeting prior to Computex 2018. I think it was at CES earlier that year about this when they were still developing it. Maybe it was the year before, but they've been working on this for a long time. And it's really the most... Significant innovation. It's a word that gets overused, but in a long time, as far as cable management goes, because think about this: it's a single uh, device that almost looks like a, a slim power strip that just fits in the back of a case. And when they were first developing this, I think they were talking about having it as part of a, like a custom enclosure line, which is problematic anyway because enclosures there's not something you can just jump into. Requires a lot of tooling and development and so forth, but it looks like they've made this streamlined enough that it'll fit into the back of a lot of enclosures as long as they have a minimum amount of uh, cable clearance in the back. And just the the idea of being able to feed very short cables from a, a stacked solution like this behind the motherboard tray is great because especially if you use cable extensions, you're dealing with an ATX connector with 24 pins then plugged into another one which takes up a lot of room that you have to hide behind the motherboard tray. And if you don't use extensions, you generally have a lot more room behind the tray for cable management, but then it doesn't look nice. So you could use any manner of custom cables with this and would have zero additional bulk back there, which would be really nice. I'm sure they'll have different uh, wattages of this. If this catches on, it'll just be something they probably marry to whatever their high end uh, lineup is, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a fanless variant of this either. Yeah,
0: yeah, that especially
4: would s- make sense,
0: mm-hmm. and, and especially because with fanless, it's all about airflow. And right. if you don't have all the cables jammed into the front of this thing, because they're all they're all yeah. being routed back, you can get that airflow through the through the the window side of the case that'll just flow through through the power supply unobstructed. So, uh, yeah, very very cool, uh, very. Uh, very exciting, and as Sebastian said, you know, you think about innovations. Like, what are the big changes that we see in in uh, in industries and in and things like this? And, and this is this is one of them. Power supplies have, have remained. There's been new features, better efficiency. Not a lot of huge changes. I think the only other big thing I've seen was uh, last Computex, ASUS had that concept motherboard where everything is modular. Yeah. So there's no there's no cables. Like you just get you buy yeah. a GPU thing and it just. Clunks into the motherboard and everything is 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 uh, plug in plug in modular, but uh, that's a long way off. That was a very
4: that was a non for
1: my water cooled one.
4: Yeah. Hey, it exists. You can buy one. I think uh, I FSP know. makes one. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. crying out loud, FSP. it's the ATX standard. Yes. It's from the PS2 era. This is a PS2 ATX twelve. Uh, this is that I have a three eighty six computer on the other side of this room with this format of PSU in. Is it running your BBS? It doesn't do anything useful. It takes up space, but... It, it lets so it's running with... a BBS, then? Yeah. <laughs> I've, it's never been online that I know of, but... It's the hardware version that of Josh.
3: <laughs> oh, you've been online. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking more about I take up space and I'm not very useful. Oh. Just ask my wife.
0: I she loved you. She'd have thrown you out if she didn't love you.
4: Well, it's complicated, kids. It's it's harder it's it it's is. harder to break yeah. up when you have kids, trust me.
0: Oh, all right. Uh <laughs> Jeremy, let's change the subject. Um <laughs> Apple Pay, uh or not Apple Pay. Uh Apple uh had a an issue that was uh a bit of a controversy a couple of years ago where Apparently, uh, new software updates would slow down older phones. And then there was some back and forth on that. And, and then there, there were some updates where people said, well, it actually improved things, where they really focused on improving older, uh, older perf- phone, uh, performance on older phones. But yes. uh, a court, there was a class action lawsuit. A court disagreed, at least in, in a, in a, to a certain extent. And Well, they weren't happened? given
1: a chance to. The court was not given a chance to disagree with that because they settled at a court. Uh, Usually that means uh, guilty, guilty, guilty. But, you know, we we have to assume their innocence even in the U.S. So because they did interesting feature modifications to their batteries on older phones, uh, if you're in the U.S. and you picked up an iPhone 6 or 7 of any flavor, at the point where it was running iOS 10.2.1, or you picked up an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus of 11.2 or later at time of purchase, you can get $25, $25 whole dollar from Apple. Except they've capped their payout at $500 million. Now, I didn't bother to do the math, but I'm I'm betting they sold more iPhones than that. So you're going to want to try and get on this early. Uh, as in normal Apple style, they have already settled out of court and said, this is what we're going to do. Uh, the lawyers need to figure out how much they're going to get paid first. It's looking somewhere between 90 to $190 million because lawyers are cheap. After that, they're going to start providing a link where you can go and start putting in your request to get the money back. As of this point, and I checked earlier, the, there is still no way to try and get your money back at this point, but you will get, you know, up to $25 per iPhone that you bought as long as money lasts. Uh, There's links that describe the exact models. I may have missed one or two. There's specific dates. Uh, Essentially, if you bought it after or like at Christmas time, 2017, you're screwed. If you bought it before Christmas, you're good. Uh, It's December 21st is the official date, but it's, Lovely to see that they're they're actually gonna pay some people. Uh, on the other hand, it's it seems very light for this sort of thing. Uh, how much did Apple make last year? It didn't it, it yeah. involve millions. It, it involved billions. So Multiple it's, it's many Along billions, the lines yes. of, the, yeah, so it's along the, the Facebook of yeah, we did some horrible things. Here's about five minutes of our uh, profit for the year.
0: Uh, we'll have a link to the coverage on this. If you have an iPhone that qualifies and you want to pursue that uh, that rebate, uh, it has, again pending pending approval of this settlement by the the, the district court. Um, just check it out, and and they'll hopefully it will be relatively easy to submit uh, your serial number and, and get that taken care of. Uh, Next up, we've got a story of uh, a distributed uh, computing update on the SETI at Home project. Uh, Tell us what's going on here, Jeremy.
1: Well, if you've got a wonderful manager uh, and they kind of figure that if you have two people and it's going to take them 100 hours, if you put 20 people at them, it's going to take 10 because that's obviously how math works. Well, when you throw computers at it, it actually is. So in more or less the last 20 years... Study at home has gone through 4,110 years of CPU time, which is just utterly brilliant because you don't get paid for it. You're just doing this out of the fact that you're rather interested in it. And yeah, that's my little brag there at the top, uh, to do it in a different way. Uh, they've gone through 2.6 times 10 to the 23rd power of floating operation points, Uh, or one and a half million days of processing, if you like it that way. Regardless, it is an insane amount of computing power that has been tossed at SETI at home. And they've hit the point where they're like, that's it. We've got enough data from RISABO and a couple of other radio telescopes. Uh, We've run some, we've sort of organized the data a little bit. And now we're into the analysis phase. So in a way, it sort of sounds like it's the end of SETI at home. It isn't. They're, they're just, it's a scientific experiment. They're on to the, f- the final analysis. We're probably not going to find E.T. Uh, if we did, if we do find E.T., he's probably been dead for billions of years because that it takes a while to get around the galaxy at speed of light let alone the speed of radio or spread out and it, but we've discovered pulsars along the way we've discovered very interesting naturally occurring radio signals we've twigged uh, other telescopes into the fact that there's probably a freaking black hole there because that's what the radio signals we're seeing are is some rather interesting decaying particles which are you know Broadcasting out uh, in a, a general sphere radio waves by the time it gets to us. It, it's amazing. I, If you look, I'm one of the more impressive things I've done in my life. I am 99.6297th percentile. Uh, I have done a huge amount of this chugging. I actually started before the main project went, moved over to Boink. And the PC Perspective Killer Frogs, who are still sort of around, rank 7 out of 222 teams around the world, by the way. Uh, So there's still other projects if you're interested in Boink or Folding at Home. It's a brilliant thing to do with your machine if you leave it on. You can mine if you want and try to eke out those last couple of pennies as you watch your electrical bill go high. Or you could help map the Milky Way. You could track radio signals, which again, you know, I would love a ride off this planet because there's no intelligent life here. But at the same time, you're mapping the universe. Pulsars are a galactic buoy of a, if it's pulsing at this exact thing, I don't care who you are or which arm of the galaxy you're from, you will actually know where the hell that is in reference to other things. So it's just, amazing that they've gone through this and just the the sheer computing power of it for people who are interested. You're not getting any money. You're, in fact, you're paying money for your machine and for your electricity, but it's just pure insanity and it's just brilliant. And we're getting a whole bunch of new, Like uh, if you, you follow the link through the register, uh, there's a whole bunch of new searches or new investments going into a variety of very large arrays and look, you know, just sort of looking out at the universe and seeing what in the hell is out there. Which is also absolutely brilliant. So we're gonna see this mutate. It's gonna change a little bit, but for now, it's gonna be fun to see what SETI has found over these last two decades and after God only knows how many work units have been chugged. Barisabo probably pulls down about thirty-five gigs a day every day, and that's just
2: one. Yeah, incredible.
0: And but as, as Jeremy said, you know, by all means, look into this if you want to contribute uh, to various Boink projects, but not if you have a Navi GPU. And, I don't think that's been fixed yet. We talked about this a few weeks ago. There's an issue yeah, with Navi nah. GPUs and uh, the verification of the work units. So. Uh, I, I believe they're proactively blocking them if they detect that as your GPU. Yes, but
1: yeah, even if you've got your GPU enabled, it will not do good. it if okay. you've got a Navi.
0: But just keep, yeah. keep that in mind if you're having trouble and you've got Navi, and then hopefully they'll fix that, uh, fix that for you. Um,
1: and if you've got some spare flops, uh, the Large Hadron Collider is always looking for some. Yeah. Awesome. A That's a stupid amount of data coming out of that thing, too.
0: Let's let's wrap up the the news this week with a couple of uh, game related announcements. So, uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, a lot of uh, events are being canceled, but one that wasn't canceled kind of is, is ironic that it's sounds like PAX. PAX. Never mind. PAX East happened, and uh, well, there is a about...
1: PAX.
3: Oh, okay. There is always well, a PAX. Isn't PAX, PAX uh, Latin for peace? Wow.
2: I think it is. Yeah, yeah, Pax. yeah Pax but not in the way
1: they mean it. Yeah.
2: Pax Romano. That's, that's peace Romano. upon your cheese. Yes. yes.
1: Yes. Pax Romana would be the... Uh, right.
0: Oh, well, oh,
1: well, oh well, I was hearing it somewhere wrong. else.
0: Real quick, Jeremy. Uh, what's going on with Baldur's Gate that came out of the uh, Pax East show?
1: Well, Larian is fondling Baldur's Gate, which I have mixed feelings about because I have yet to beat one of their games. Uh, However, I do enjoy it because if you're bored and there's a zombie with a stink cloud coming at you, you can grab a candle out of your pocket, light it, throw it at the zombie and have it explode. So in a way, it is very much having an enjoyable uh, dungeon master running your game because you can do silly shite like this. The interface is immediately recognizable for anyone who's done a... A larian game before a uh, Divinity Original Sin or Original Sin 2 specifically, although some of the others do bear a similar resemblance to it. Now, on the other hand, talking to my father who is looking at this, uh, who was really excited uh, after we played Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 separately and together uh for the bit of multiplayer that was uh, enabled, he's not going to touch it. It's just too different, uh, and you know well when you're born in 44 it's certainly been a, a, a long road i'm torn uh i liked my old D. uh fifth edition couldn't go intercourse a penguin but first and second edition certainly uh i'm tempted i i'm gonna pick it up i still need to play a little bit more of the divinity sin uh i'm very upset by all the people who are complaining that this looks like one of the weird looking elves from uh the Elder Scrolls, because it's not, that is a Yankee. And if you don't know that, well, then you're not going to have much fun trying to figure out why the Illithids, the Githyanki, and the Gizzeria don't get along together, but that's the way it looks like it's going to go. We're probably looking at Multiplaner, uh, because that is what they do. There's a wee little bit of a ship that almost looks like Spelljammer, uh, the aborted sort of outer space-ish ver- thing that... Uh, D and D tried to do before they got taken over by Wizards of the West Coast, TSR. Yeah, good old TSR. Good old Derek and Gary. It's gorgeous. I looking at the movies, that it is utterly gorgeous. And you know, I loved Black Isle and Bethesda and what they did, but it was never quite as pretty as that. So I'm torn. Like I'm kind of excited, but at the same time, it's like. They straight out said, "You know, we're gonna make, we're gonna follow D and D rules unless it's not fun for us, in which case we're gonna make up our own." So I, I, I don't know if you guys grew up playing D and D or did the Baldur's Gate series or anything, and have any strong feelings one way or the other.
0: I never got into it, uh, unfortunately.
2: Second third edition, actually. So. <laughs> Okay. Well, about what
4: you... D&D or Baldur's Gate? Well, wait, wasn't Baldur's Gate based on D&D? Either. Rule sets originally? <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. No, I, I did a second edition uh, D&D in the early 90s. In my early college years when I experimented with things like D&D. No, Nerd. You don't have, to, but yes, you you don't have to talk about it anymore. Baldur's no. Gate 1 and right. 2. Yes, it was. Come on, that was early 2000s. You had to play Baldur's Gate.
1: Yeah. You had to. Oh, come on. They were was brilliant beautiful. games. It was gorgeous. Yeah, they were. Yeah. hand painted sepennals, hidden maps, nails. every single one. Well, there's a reason for that. There. Yeah. All right. Well, but it, uh, like every single screen on it, like the maps were loaded separately. and Each one was hand painted. They were gorgeous.
0: Mm-hmm. I just never. I just never. Uh, not that I didn't like it. I just never took the time. I, I didn't. Uh...
1: None of my friends were in there. No, it's just... pretty much disintegrated, but I've, I've still got the first edition D&D box set. Oh, wow. Not a d and d the
2: red box. I think I've nice. still got the blue expert set somewhere. Nice. Yeah. that a little little dating right there? Yeah. Okay, so you <laughs> do know. Yeah, I do.
0: I played uh, Gamma World. All right, World. somebody ah. talk about
2: this thing
1: that I never actually. Put. Oh, Gamma World. Oh, oh. All
0: right, there you go. Got the Baldur's Gate.
3: Look at how Lock many set. CDs. <laughs> yeah. And a manual. Yeah. Oh. And a map.
1: Wait, does it have a map? Hey, that was the nice. fastest way to ship. Hey, that's what I'm looking that was for. F- I think the map is actually up on my wall here somewhere. <laughs> nice.
4: You can see the CompUSA sticker for forty nine ninety nine on here still. Nice. Oh, a
3: discount. Which is $200 in today's prices. Probably.
0: Well, I've got, I got nothing. i have seen
1: better days. You guys keep too many Well, so, that's okay. Andres. Now you can talk about a game I have never actually bothered to play and have no interest in because I tried to put the second one and the third time I crossed the exact same bridge, just going a different way, I said, screw this and stop playing.
4: Oh and well, The uh, original Brady game's the cheat game guy? along with it. Very oh, yeah, nice. Strategy. Good God, man. Yeah. Hey, the guy I bought this from included everything.
0: All right. Well, as Sebastian follows, I needed that for the
4: Dragonlance band. one to f-
1: realize that my, <laughs> my game had gotten into an unwinnable condition, but I didn't need it for Baldur's Gate.
0: All right, real quick, you, can't, you can't win. Let's finish up here. Let's finish up. All right. So, uh our our second of three quick game announcements uh, is that uh Halo uh the so so as if you've been following, Microsoft is bringing the Halo Master Chief collection to PC, but they're doing it one game at a time. So if you go out and like buy the whole collection, you're getting access to the games as they become available. The first was Reach, and now uh Halo Combat Evolved, the first the very first game which was available on PC and Mac for that matter at the, at its launch uh, has been released. It's the anniversary edition. Uh, you can pick it up and on the uh, windows game store or at steam. And it's uh, $10 for the individual game. Or like I said, if you go and buy that collection, master chief collection, you'll get access to this as well. Uh, right now uh, from what we've seen, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, um, but there were some issues with reach, uh, particularly audio issues. Like there was the, the audio quality was just uh, like, real poor, unusually poor. And apparently that's not the case from what I've read thus far with this one. So uh, it seems to be running well and uh, it's a fun classic. Unlike Jeremy, this, this was, this was the game we played when we, when I got to college and we all had our Xboxes, uh, this was, this was the game that brought us together Uh, in 2001.
2: uh, I, I like any original Mac version, Jim. I have that on CD.
0: Well, I sure. And the Mac version was great too, but none of my friends had Macs back then. Uh, fun trivia too. The the Halo before it was even this first person game. that was very the was Bungie was a Mac developer uh, initially originally and Descent. And
2: their,
0: yeah, well, in their very first uh, preview. The the first time Halo
3: was publicly. See, now that was, was a good Mac game.
2: game. Mm-hmm. Marathon. Descent, Descent Two. Or which one? Which one are you talking about?
3: The Marathon series is the one i remember oh. most for the mac but yeah oh. yeah when they Bungie showed up and
1: descent to I first heard yeah. of, of halo
3: it was it was running on a mac and everybody was just like huh, how is this only going to be offered on mac and then yeah suddenly microsoft bought them all up and and put it on xbox and pc well xbox and then direct x9 all
0: right and then let's let's uh wrap up with our final game announcement which was a an unusual uh uh, teaser or, or uh leak i guess uh, a data mining it was
1: an oopsie bot.
0: yeah they accessed some assets no on the, uh, uh this is the playstation
1: was network bot oh is that what okay that's so, been in existence so, for a couple of weeks uh, months now sort of accidentally mentioned that uh there's a new star wars game coming out for uh, playstation 4 unfortunately all we have is this screenshot that's sitting right in front of you there which uh shows you an imperial star destroyer of uh imperator class i suspect but it's hard to tell and a couple of x-wings flying at it that's not a good idea if you want to live through the, the uh gaming session but yeah go for it because it could maybe mean that we're gonna get a flyer again a, a, another fighter sim in the star wars universe that we haven't had for so bloody long i don't even remember how to play Flight Sims anymore, more or less. It like wouldn't that be a lovely thing? This is most likely Tie Fighter, uh, EA
2: Motive. S- Tie Fighter. Uh, you know, Tie Fighter and X Wing was good too. It was, it was the best. Yeah. No, man, Tie yeah. Fighter was yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, Tie I, Fi- I,
1: Flying Tie Fighter was insane. Well, yeah.
0: So it's it's Project Maverick, according to the screenshot. Uh Project Maverick, and so we don't know if that's its its working yeah. title or if that's the eventual title we
1: we know yeah motive yeah they've been working on an unnamed game and they say it's going to be a little bit different uh which is very helpful so this is most likely what it is uh again we have freaking nothing no idea uh we still know there's going to be a sequel to jedi fallen order um but just come on and don't do the star wars battlefields yeah you've kind of got a, a space sim combat for a little bit and then you land on the station and it turns into a bag of garbage again uh,
2: i really hope that this is going to be what i hope it is space combat yes please
0: well it's funny because yeah. they, they had a uh, uh, i think it was shortly after uh ea bought or ea got the license to the the games that there was a or was it disney because i know they split responsibility over the complexity of the games. And, and there was a a, a fighter, yeah. like a very simplistic looking space fighter game that got canned. Uh, and that was probably five years ago now, uh, but we'll see. I, I I have
1: well, and then there was Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which looked fucking gorgeous. But that that looked like it was going to be like an RPG and didn't he kill that style? Yeah, yeah, I, well, that was about the time that the mouse was moving in.
0: All right, so Star Wars Project Maverick. All right, let's get our oh, reviews truck. done. And uh, we'll start with... Uh, Sebastian did both of these reviews. Uh, he's. Uh, we'll start with the... Uh, uh, gosh, I always can't pronounce this company. Scythe? Sky? Scythe.
4: Just think of the Icy Scythe of Death.
0: Okay. And scythe Mugen?
4: I am. The Mugen 5. And in fact, we looked at a Mugen 5 last year. I looked at one last year. That was the tough gaming version. This is an update with... ARGB, so there's multi-zone lighting in the fans and the top LED panel. For audio listeners, this is a large, single-tower air CPU cooler with dual fans, and it's kind of unusual. The top of it is a plastic-lighted panel with addressable RGB lighting that can sync with not just your motherboard, but with the two fans that it comes with, which also have ARGB, and all of this links together with some somewhat messy cables that you can either use a hand uh, ARGB controller that it comes with or connected to an available motherboard header. Uh, Kent actually did all of this for us and took some beautiful photos to go along with this if you check it out on the site. But uh, basically, it, he I don't, I didn't have this in hand to actually compare them directly, but he said that it looks like they've refined it a little bit from the previous version. The base plate is what he was the most impressed with because he said that the machine marks were very, very faint, could be barely discerned, but basically on par with the best of what we see from like Noctua, etc. And I, I really think that Scythe does as good a job as anybody with the mounting and the actual base plate. This, the basics—they get the basics right, even though it's not the, the flashiest. They're somewhat more utilitarian as far as the actual mounting hardware compared to Noctua, for example. But the actual pressure you get against the CPU is probably higher than any other that I've used. It's one of those where you you almost want to back off when you're, you're screwing it in because you can kind of warp your PCB. But the performance with these coolers, and he can't tested these against the coolers he had on hand, like a little group of five here with a Ryzen 7 3800X. And it was second only to the Be Quiet Dark Rock Pro 3 that he has, and they only trailed by two degrees under load. We're talking loads of 58C with that Ryzen processor in a room that was 24C ambient. And the Dark Rock Pro 3 could do 56. Not a lot separated the top three here in the review, the Scythe Fuma Rev B was 60 degrees under the same conditions. And then the Wraith Prism, the the stock cooler for that CPU was 64. So you're getting a a drop of six degrees at full load uh, under the stock cooler. And really this is the size of this cooler, especially and how quiet it is. These are very quiet. Like Scythe makes very quiet stuff. It relies more on uh like like i said the mounting hardware and the connection to the cpu this one kind of in the middle of the pack with his noise testing looks like the fans actually can spin quite high so depending on what your fan profile is you can get this one up to 47 db where in comparison under the same conditions with his noise testing equipment 52.3 db for the wraith prism so it's still a lot quieter than the stock cooler i don't find the wraith prism to be all that loud So I wonder, I kind of, I'll have to talk to uh, him and see what kind of weighting is possibly being used on the SPL meter because these numbers look high, but equipment varies. Some people test with one meter over another and there's all different ways of of measuring noise. But uh, basically, better and quieter than stock adds a bunch of style with the ARGB. I don't know. I, I, I think some people are really into the RGB thing. I think this looks a lot nicer personally than the previous version. The tough gaming version, you're, you're stuck with a single color. Does this excite anybody? The fact that there's multi-zone lighting on the top panel of a cooler, it's a $20 premium over the previous version, by the way. So it should be the same cooling performance, maybe slightly better, but mostly you're paying for two addressable RGB fans and an addressable RGB top plate. So this has a retail of 79. Show us
1: the cold plate again. That was a sexy bit.
4: Yeah, that's a great photo too. You just to put a case screw on the cold plate so you could see just nice. the mirror finish. And it looks great. The, it looks like a just out. the hint of machining it, Yes.
1: It reminds me of something Josh and I once saw.
4: Uh oh. Oh Lord. Is this a can we share this story? It involved a piano.
1: It involved a piano at CES? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Put <laughs> solid blocks of metal on this
3: piano. That was a grand piano.
1: They, they were a showing piano us how
3: finish black. Oh Lord, they left so but, many. I mean, they're deep showing us the cooler it Wasn't even funny.
1: Oh no, it wasn't. But they're showing us because oh, look at the reflection off the piano and the piano onto the thermal tape cooler, and see how there's no- nothing marring either of them. Clunk scrape.
3: Yeah, it was so much, yeah. That's bad.
1: Oh, man, it really was. It was almost as bad as the sex sling in the TSMC room. Okay.
4: They 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 had had the DJ and the... the... That was a brilliant transition for you, Jim, to our next (laughs) review.
1: What was it to do with
0: that? Uh... God. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you want additional RGB lights in your sex dungeon, check out the 5 Region <laughs> 5 ARGB. Gold Award. Hey, I... And I, I apologize. I, I started this. I said Sebastian did this review, as, as he pointed out. Uh, this was Kent. Kent Burgess. So I apologize. Thank you, Kent, for, for this review. And let's say hello to Rainy, the Walworth cat Hi, guest.
1: Hey, Rainy. Who's
3: that? She's the one who's been bugging me. Oh. Aw. Goes underneath my chair, starts pawing at me. What are you doing, Rainy? What is that? What is that up there?
4: Okay, well, if only I could done. figure out
0: what the latency problem is. Uh, but uh, all right, let's let's wrap up the reviews here. Now, this one Sebastian did do because he's got it behind
2: him there. I do, and this is the. Oh, I thought that uh, was a laundry basket. <laughs> oh
0: no! <laughs> this is the, oh no, uh, the InWin Alice it's that case. and more. So what's going on with this thing?
4: Well, you know, you have to think about your case a little bit differently with the Alice. Uh, it's fashion forward, as we say in the biz. Uh, think about if you're listening on audio, imagine either a small laundry hamper or perhaps something cobbled together out of a couple of plastic milk crates. And you have the beginnings of what the Alice looks like. It's it's tall. And it's very light. It's mostly made out of plastic. It has metal on the inside that actually hold your motherboard and other components in place, and actually adds to the rigidity of the overall construction quite a bit. This thing is way out there. It's so different. I called it in the review startlingly different and ruggedly utilitarian, my own words. Uh, It's pretty fantastic for an eight pound, $55 case. Like it, that's really light. It's surprisingly strong. And it basically is a super rugged, like uh cage for your open test system inside. And uh, actually recently last week, I dropped an open test bench. And uh, if it had been inside of this thing, I wouldn't have an unsightly gash in the side of my motherboard PCB right now. So if you do nothing else with this, if you're actually shopping for an open test bench, I don't think you're going to do better than this for less than $100. It's it's fantastic as a test bench. What's interesting about it and what you'll see first and foremost, because this is how InWin is marketing it, all these different vibrant colors they offer of fabric covers. The whole thing, there's a tube of stretchy fabric that it comes with. And by default, it's a gray polyester fabric, and they're showing anything every color of the rainbow, basically. Can you can I mean, use oh, it
3: as a tube top if in, in summertime?
4: You can. Oh, you absolutely can. Uh, you'd have to modify it slightly. See, the the base of it is a mesh, and the mesh allows the uh, oh, perfect, air to because be that'll show bottom. off
3: my nipples really
4: nicely. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I tried wearing it earlier, and the the openings for each leg do actually fit over your arms. Yes, but does it so, chafe? But Surprisingly, no. It's a softer material. It's all polyester, but it, it does have a soft kind of feel to it. I, I haven't so tried it. So, you're recommending the, yet. the delicate cycle? I, definitely and put put it in a delicates bag if you have a larger okay. one just to be on the safe side you know it's 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 oh. unfortunate that you did
3: not have that installed on the case right now because I would ask you to start taking it down and off while singing my only complaint
4: really, and actually i was I was sloppy, I was so excited to get to the components within that I ripped it when I was removing the cover last night, so. That's a private one. Uh, as long as you apologize to her. But this... I mean, this is your complete test bench inside of a plastic cage. So it it all fits in there. The one thing I'll say is that graphics cards are limited to 11.8 inches in length. The longer GPUs, like uh, this XFX card, I really... this I have a picture of it here. In the review, this didn't actually fit. I was trying to demonstrate that because this is almost a 13-inch long card it was sitting on the storage uh, panel. So unless you remove the storage panel, you have to limit yourself to under 12 inch long cards, which is most cards and reference cards are like 10 and a half inches long. So that's not an issue. This is the next biggest card I had that d- did fit. It's the XFX thick two, not the thick three cooler. So it fit. And you can see around back. There's a, there's, first of all, there's a, panel your PSU actually screws into. It's going to be hard to see because it's black, and so is the PSU. But then that sits behind the storage tray, and you have plenty of room back here for your cable mess, or whatever else you want to fit back here. But, it actually... The build process is painless. The design is good. It's got this uh, plastic lid, which has like a recessed top, which ended up being kind of like a useful thing to... Like it is a laundry hamper. It basically is. And it works as a case just fine if you have the fabric cover in place. It, will, it does add to the temps. I mean, th- they Ooh. they picture it oh. with triple fans on the bottom and a single fan up top. That's the maximum configuration. You can do up to 360 on the bottom, 120 on top. I didn't put any extra fans in. I just wanted to see how it would do uh, with just the components installed as it came and it added about eight degrees to the GPU under load and 15 degrees, to the CPU, the CPU suffered a little bit more because it was further down in the case and it wasn't, you know, right up at the top of the GPU was to expel air. So, you know, it does it even fully clothed,
2: even fully clothed. it leaves nothing to the imagination. That's true. You can see right through it, yeah. depending on the lighting. And if you I'm have sorry, RGB you're... components inside, you're not hiding anything. Right, but you were extolling the virtues of the CPU temps.
4: I, I was just going to say that, that I I really should have added uh, temps with fans, so I can still do that. But, you know, it's it, this is a case where if you're going to use it 24-7 with the fabric cover on it, you absolutely need to be using intake and exhaust fans, just like they do in all of their promo shots. But isn't that going to make her look fat because it bulges? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. The, the only thing, actually, that I, I was a little leery of with the cover is that the the power supply will be behind a cover. So intake will be through fabric and exhaust will be through fabric for the power supply no matter what. So if I were to change anything about the design it would maybe be to reorient it so it was maybe a little bit longer than tall and have the PSU up top as well so it was also pushing air out the top. It seems to make more sense but they did it this way it works I personally think it's a better deal as a test bench anyway, but for $55, it's just, it's freaking rugged and you can do a lot with it. I I just like the idea of my test system being in a protective cage. So that that's one thing I don't like about the open top test benches. It's the only thing that I've ever had that came close to its usefulness as a test bench was my old Dimas tech, uh, easy bench table, 2.5, 2.5, I think, is the one that I have. And it was a taller open test bench that had space for your PSU, all your storage, everything mm. underneath. And then you could put the motherboard on top. This basically does the same thing, except the whole thing can be enclosed. And those dimostacks actually shipped with a fabric cover too, which was like an optional thing you could add to your order. So it's like the same concept. The cover is a little bit harder to get on and off, unless you were to either you could custom make a slightly bigger one, it's quite tight, even though it's a stretchy fabric. The band that holds it in place at the top of the case is very tight. So, getting it up because you have to start it from the bottom and stretch it all the way up to the top of the case. So, you would not want to do it. I I did it once. I did it a second time for thermal testing, and I was done with it at that point. So, but I mean, it's fifty five dollars for. Just look on Amazon right now for cheap, open test benches and you're going to see that they get expensive they're not 55 bucks (laughs) right they get 100 160 the diamonds tech i bought was like 169 they go up to like 249 these aluminum ones that i inherited from the old office you can kind of see that i think these are like 130 to 180 each and they they basically just hold a motherboard and a PSU underneath. There's not a whole lot. You can you can add storage to the side of it if you want to, but you run out of space fast because they're so small. But it really depends on what you have space for. But it's unique. They did something different and it worked.
0: Yeah. All right. So if you're looking if you're looking for a very unique case or just a good value on a uh very functional test bed, test bench, I should say. Uh in win Alice. And you can uh uh Taste the rainbow.
4: Get anything you want. I agree with the chat. I agree with the chat. A zipper would be the ultimate mod for this. I need to get a hold of uh, somebody who can use a sewing machine and say, I need you to make me a tube top. It's not for me, it's for Alice. And Alice is my case. (laughs) By the way, uh, there are some hilarious, low key puns peppered throughout the review. So definitely read it and try to find them if you can.
0: All right, uh, let me queue uh, up our picks of the week here, make sure everything's in order. All right, it looks like it is. Okay, so uh, we'll jump into our picks of the week and wrap up this train wreck uh, for <laughs> the delay, because it seems like the delay is getting worse, and I have no idea why. Uh, but uh, my, I, I, my. I
2: apologize, it's because I'm here.
0: I, no, I mean, yeah, I yours say, is fine. Sebastian's fault. fine. It, yeah. yeah. It's Josh and Jeremy that I'm noticing, at least. But. Pixel week. Uh, mine is uh, something that was I had seen this guy's videos before, just browsing around. But our our old friend Alan Malvintano, uh, we, we we maintain a uh, like a, a friend chat basically. It's it's an old Slack channel that uh, we used to use when we were all at PC per And then now that they're not, we we just use it for personal like keep in touch stuff. And he posted a video. Uh, it's a link to a YouTube channel called Jim Browning, and there's a lot of these uh, channels out there that. Go after uh, scammers, the people who call you and claim to be from Microsoft tech support or the ones who uh, put up, uh, they they compromise uh, ads and cause the screen to go into a fake blue screen and tell you, you must call Microsoft now. And then they they either straight up hack you or they sell you very expensive, unnecessary software. And uh, I mean, I, I would assume and hope nobody that's probably listening to this show has been victim to it, but we probably know people who if they haven't been victim they're, they're susceptible to this kind of crap and so you got guys like this who make these people's lives hell and this guy is incredible uh and so th- he has a ton of videos and then this particular one uh he worked with the BBC on a uh sort of a mini documentary that actually resulted in the people running this particular operation out of India getting arrested and it's because and this one was special because he was able to find uh access to their uh ip security camera system. So he's calling these people and he's watching them as they try to scam him because he runs virtual machines and doesn't, you know, he's tricking them and, and either wasting their time or trying to get more information. And, and what he does is technically illegal. And he admits that because he's hacking them. But at the same time, I want, I want to see how long, a prosecutor lasts who tries to go after him for what he's doing. Uh, he has found uh, customer logs on these computers and proactively reached out to the victims trying to get them restitution. And it's very hard because the Indian government and the Indian law enforcement, despite their best efforts, it's hard for them to f- find the victims in another country. And so uh, it, it's uh, it's really it's interesting to watch how he works. There's a lot of channels that do this, and some of them are uh clickbaity and some of them the you know they're more personality driven where people are wearing crazy outfits and using sound effects and and all that this guy is just straight professional very interesting he puts so much time and effort into mapping out and trying to identify all the people involved uh so check it out it's, it's the YouTube channel Jim Browning and uh, in this particular video there's also a link here to the BBC uh video that he contributed to and he he has a Patreon uh, as well, so uh, if, if you want to, if you find this interesting, you find the work that he's doing valuable. Uh, please check check that out as well. So, uh, pretty inter- pretty interesting stuff. G- give, giving justice to these uh, scumbags who pull this shit. But uh, all right, uh, next up is uh, Jeremy. What have you got for us?
1: I had to change my pick because I totally forgot about this until now, and it, we have to talk about this beautiful gorgeous piece of clothing There, there is no way you can possibly live without a knock to a hoodie yeah I, I had to hey, change page. it oh, i had to it. Okay. change it i'm sorry hang on oh it was a last minute thing hang on thank but you thing, but jeremy this, I just this would have been forgotten we talking about this yes and there you it have is to know that this exists <laughs> behold it in all of its gorgeousness for those of you who are on the audio channel, it is a hoodie in the perfect noctua brown with a symbol and some very large white pull tabs for the hoodie. But it's it's just unbelievable, and it will keep you nice and cool or warm as you prefer. It's available in a wide variety of uh, color, or well, it's... By that i mean you know the two colors that noctua offers it the brown and the gray if you get the gray you're wrong uh it it just i can't believe that this came out uh earlier this week i think it was wednesday that they decided someone decided that they would put this out there and i am so tempted to buy one
2: i hate hoodies i have long hair hoodies don't work isn't this more the my color of the just- the corner bumpers? It's not really the color of the fan, or the fan blades,
4: I guess, right? Well, yeah, yeah, the fan blades itself and I the corner it's bumpers. The yeah, it's the well, right. Brett, the embedded color profile uh, of these uh, <laughs> images on Amazon is not necessarily completely color accurate to <laughs> the final product. You know,
2: I, my monitor may not be fully ICC corrected. If you could just send me one of those pucks over, I could probably fix that up, and then then we could yeah. be sure.
0: All right. Let's let's wrap this up. Josh, go. <laughs> That's
3: Sorry, I had thick to unmute. It. I didn't know these things existed. They're thick, 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 thick mats. Because uh, you know, I've got I've got carpet in my office. Don't know why. Probably shouldn't, but anyway, I need I to say it, Josh. And it's uh, you know, than I line. usually go through about one of these things a year because they start cracking. Uh, they, they just, you know, big holes develop in them and you're rolling around and your wheel gets stuck in, in one of these holes that go down to the, no, this is a massive and 14 pound thick piece of, I don't know what the heck kind of plastic it is. It is crystal clear. It's heavy. Uh, I'm sitting, I'm 250 pounds and the wheels don't really even dent this thing. It's, it's, it's lovely, and for fifty five bucks, which is about the price of you know a usual. You go to Staples and you get one of their high quality ones. You know, it's it. This really is massive, and I uh, I got one and I love it because it doesn't bend.
4: Well, Ouch. my pick is something I was going to use on the podcast tonight, but the microphone uh, interface didn't want to agree with me. It's this thing that you can kind of see. Not the microphone, the arm. I was looking for a good quality boom arm that would attach to a desk. And the the reviews and reputation of the really cheap ones is very poor. And I needed something that would actually hold a heavy mic in place. And the arm wouldn't sag over time. This got the best reviews of all the cheaper ones. This is $40 for the smaller version and $50 for the one that I got that's a 38-inch reach. And... It's great. It does exactly what they said it was going to do. It's quiet when you adjust it. You don't hear those loud spring sounds. And it holds even a heavy mic without falling over the course of the day. So it's the Samson MBA38, which, you know, if you're looking around on Amazon, it's the Amazon's choice for a boom arm for a mic for about 50 bucks, And it compares very favorably to something like the Rode, which is over 100 and you get into some pretty pricey territory with the pro um, desk mounts for mics, but this does a very good job for 50 Would you rather have
3: a mounting arm or a
4: thick mat? <sighs> mounting arm. That's, why not both? True. I'm that person uh, who puts the rollerblade wheels on my desk chair, though, so I don't worry as much about the mat. It's
1: a good upgrade very good
4: upgrade.
2: It uh, doesn't surprise me very much.
0: Okay, Brett, uh, your picks.
2: I'm going to walk right up to that demonetization line and step right on it. So I think the very first thing Uh-oh. that we've got to do, and this this is a combo one here. So the first thing you want to do is you want to check out to see, hey, what uh, areas am I going to need to go to soon that may be canceled? So there's this website, uh, which is uh, isitcanceledyet.com. Um, and I think this is uh, the Internet is now calling this. Well, there's a couple people calling this um, the uh, human malware uh, situation. So you're looking through all these things that you may be attending. Is it canceled? Is it canceled? So if you've got something out in front of you that you think you're going to go to, definitely check this site before you head to the uh, the virus infested airport or train station. Uh, before you go there and then uh, figure out that uh, the large gathering that you're headed to is sadly canceled or maybe happily canceled. <laughs> Google <laughs> Reader, yes. Chris Matthews, yes. Chris Matthews,
0: yes. <laughs> yes. And Michelle, uh, exactly. sadly, no. So,
2: right. <laughs> so the site is shockingly up to date. I said within like the last 48 hours or so. So yeah, this guy is on point. But in close contact, uh, conjunction with this uh, is the reason why this site exists is this very educational uh, website that I'd like to bring up next. And please, uh, if you're in a, uh, a participating country, definitely go down, download this and you can kind of get a, an eyes on uh, uh, overlook as to uh, what the heck is going on with uh, your favorite virus. Uh, and you can figure out how to, uh, you know, urge it along for a higher score if, if you're so inclined. This is for educational purposes only, so I don't know why people have, you know, banned it in certain countries. Definitely go try this. Uh, I've got like a 6,000 high score going, and I did just download the zombie pack, so I'm going to have some fun with that later. Of course, this Definitely is go, Play go try it Inc., out. the uh, very yeah.
0: popular game available yep. on like pretty much every
2: platform. Yeah, I've been uh, playing it on iOS, actually. So, yep. It's always Madagascar. They always oh, the survive thing in Madagascar. The plague is your phone. Well, actually, the uh, the tutorial has uh, the plague starting in China. <coughs> Imagine that. I don't know. No, that's – what a coincidence.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's the show for this week. I, I, I've, I, I apologize for the technical issues. It's been deteriorating before my eyes. Like, Jeremy's audio went out of sync, and then Josh's happened, and it started getting worse – and then Sebastian's audio started popping. I don't. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm very sorry for that. I'll try to have it cleaned up as best I can and post. Uh, but if not, just close your eyes, which you should do anyway. Close your eyes and yeah, and, uh, picture Linus or something. I don't know.
4: But, close your uh, eyes oh, and I'll geez. miss you <laughs> tomorrow. I'll kiss you. Mm. Words to live by
0: but thanks everyone for joining us this week and uh we'll be back uh next week uh wednesday thursday who knows but we'll be there and uh we hope to see you then thanks